The Brighter Side is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash brighterside for your free trial. called Take Part Live, where I was debating issues of the day, and normally I'm very well informed on issues of the day, but immigration is an issue I actually don't know much about, so I was going to rest on my comedic sensibilities and just try to make a couple jokes, get out of the segment as quickly as I as possible. So I'm on the show, Take Part Live, and I'm debating a conservative-leaning uh, host, and the, the subject of immigration comes up, and I say, well, maybe the Republicans have a problem with this president not being white, and they are against his immigration policies and instead of like kind of getting a good laugh from everyone because it's not even a very funny joke it's merely a, a just trying me to escape a situation very quickly she destroyed me she picked me apart with fact after fact after fact after fact after fact and i have never been more humbled in my entire life i mean especially on television it was really a very strange experience but it made me think about my parents who are immigrants my parents who came from iran and it was easy for them to become immigrants i never had an experience of them having trouble as immigrants in this country all they talk about is how wonderful america is and here's the thing that i came to this big question is for me is when it comes to immigration why should we give a fuck that's right guys this is the brighter side. That was beautiful, Cena. Thanks, guys. Thank you, man. What was that bitch's name that rocked your ass out? <laughs> I'm not gonna give her the. <laughs> she beat you, man. She beat you. She she won one battle. She didn't win the war. Do you not remember her name? No, no, I remember her name. I'm not telling you. Why not? Oh. Did you bow to her like you were winning a sword fight? Gave her a sweet hug. Oh man. Hell yeah, man. Some Zeppelin for your ass, the immigrant song. We're the brighter side. Ed Larson, Amber Nelson, Cena John. Beautiful Sam Words. How you doing, darling? I'm doing all right. How you guys doing? And today we brought uh, some two special guests with us. Uh, We have uh, my wonderful cousin, Melinda Ballinger. How you doing, cuz? I'm glad you pronounced my last name correct. I have to. Well, your family. There's other relatives that still don't know how to pronounce it. I mean, I feel like you just listen to someone say their own name and then you just say it like that. Is it your first name they don't want to pronounce? No, the last name. Melinda? No, that's the foreign students I work with. And Melinda has been spending probably, what, like the past decade? Ten years. Ten years doing work trying to get foreigners into American colleges, correct? That's correct. And you brought your friend Rosa Barracas with you? Did I do it right? Baraka, close. Baraka, that was yes. close. Yes, I did good enough, right. good enough. And you are, but you're not family. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, we're not family. Exactly. I just she looks like a relative. You really do look like Melinda, and it's kind of fucking with me. We have twinsy haircuts right now. I yes, like it. Yes. And you are an immigration lawyer uh, in Philadelphia, right? That is correct. That is really cool. And uh, how long you been doing that? I have been an attorney for about nine years. I've been working within immigration though for about the past twenty. Wow. And what were you doing before you were a lawyer? I was a deportation officer. You were a deportation Whoa. officer. Whoa. <laughs> wow! So you saw how how evil it was, and then and like came and became a lawyer to protect these people. 
Yes, one would say You're like that. Rick Ross. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> but did you have a sexy cop lady outfit on? That's the question we all need to know. I, I did, I did. I was, in fact, requested to handcuff people from time and again. Oh. <laughs> Send your requests into <laughs> the brighter side. CaveComedyRadioGmail.com yeah. Nice. Uh, now, uh, so I want to get into that a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, being a... a a deportation officer that's totally uh, that's totally surreal where where were you doing that I was doing that out of the Philadelphia district it was also a hundred years ago uh, uh-huh. 1996 to be okay. exact um, but I worked out of the Philadelphia district and then I was actually transferred to the York County prison uh, where they had a sub office uh, where they detained people and then yeah. from there I ran the juvenile center in Berks County prison oh my gosh oh crazy kids yeah. Yeah, it's been nuts like 12 year olds just yeah. slicing throats yeah. <laughs> minus the slicing throats <laughs> yeah it's a war zone and so and, and uh, did you ever uh, you got in a lot of sticky situations obviously where uh, you had to send people back that you didn't want to send back I'm sure yeah, there were definitely those times. Uh, I think that's probably what led to me uh, quitting, ultimately. Was there a particular experience that was uh, more troubling for you than others that kind of shaped your view? Uh, it, it was never fun to deport people. Uh, there no, was, of course not. There was an incident, though, where I deported a guy to, uh, who was Sicilian back to Sicily, which is where my family's from. Oh, that sounds from. kind of fun. But my family's from Sicily, <laughs> so he sounded just like my uncle. Oh, <laughs> no. See, they you're sending your own family member away. That's how it felt. I was so so upset. I called my mom from the airport, from the pay station, the payphone at the time, right? Uh-huh. And I said, "Mom, I can't do this. I'm so upset." And uh, I said, "He sounds just like Uncle Joe." And she said, "So what? Tell him to get his papers like I did." <laughs> <laughs> That's a really interesting thing, right? I, I've heard this a lot from other immigrants as well. They don't have a lot of empathy sometimes for the other, like the new immigrant experience, right? Right, right. Tell us a little bit about that. What is your experience with that? You know, my experience, I mean, in terms of my mom's comment, it seems that a lot uh, of immigrants uh, feel, you know, we've put our time in, we waited, uh, we had to go through a process, and it wasn't easy, and that's what everyone should recognize and therefore go through as well, which is sometimes the case, but what I think they don't uh, often recognize is that it's not that easy for everyone. Not everyone has a family member that they can apply for papers through that family member or mm-hmm. something to that effect. Or like they have to get out of Dodge tonight. Right. You know. Right. Escape. The man's coming to get you. Right. Now, what are some ways that a uh, that someone can uh, kind of dodge uh, getting deported? A way they can uh, just... Uh, you know, something, uh, something easier than going through the whole process of learning... You know, first of all, learning... Mostly learning English... You, you probably got to do that, right? Kind of, but not Kinda. so much. You got enough. You got to take that test, that hard test that's, that, that that's, none of us would pass. <laughs> I agree with you that none really? of us would pass. Oh, we should take the test. Oh, is it online? Can we get an online version? Oh, I'm sure. Well, there's there, it is. Yeah. It is. It's the application for citizenship that you're referring to. Yeah, that's the N600 online USCIS.gov. Mm-hmm. N600. Um, <laughs> however, there are. That's kind of the last step, citizenship. Everyone yeah. seems to think that's like you go right to it, but no, you. <laughs> have to have a permanent residence a green card first yeah. or you might be here on a non-immigrant temporary visa so there's in terms of avoiding deportation there's 
hopefully legal status that you would be in and not be in the position of being deported. I'm talking loopholes. <laughs> let's, let's get this done in an afternoon. Speaking of loopholes, I know. Speaking of loopholes, there's this one weird thing where right, uh, if you get beaten up badly enough in America, you can stay. <laughs> the assault visa. So what's oh up with God. that? Well, it's actually called the U visa. I've just renamed it the assault visa. Oh. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> the U visa? What is that? What does the U stand for? I don't know that it stands for anything. Oh, um, yeah? It's just the designated So what's the visa. deal? If you get beat up, you stay? No. That doesn't not, make any sense. So it's for the victims of crimes. If you're a victim of a serious crime, and they're enumerated crimes, assault is one of them. Yeah. Domestic and violence. Domestic violence, another. And you have to be willing to help law enforcement. That doesn't mean that you testify necessarily in court, but just that you're willing to help them. Then you can get the visa, which is good for three years. And after that period, you can apply for permanent residence, which is your green card. But oh, okay. it, it, let's put this in a realistic situation. If a woman's in a situation where her husband's beating her in a home, how what how much protection is she then afforded from the husband immediately, right? Within, let's say, a span of a week. This sounds like a lot of paperwork that you necessarily have to go through to get this done, no? Well, yeah, I mean, in that situation, she would go to the local police first to get a restraining order, and that would be your immediate protection. In terms of the realm of immigration, then you have to start the process. In a situation of a a, a battered woman, you would, she would actually have another option besides the U visa, which is VAWA, Violence Against Women's Act. There's You can self-petition for a green card if you've been abused by an American citizen or a green card holder who is your spouse. The other nice thing about this visa is it doesn't even have to be your husband. It could be your boyfriend. The U visa, not the VAWA. Yeah, the yeah. U visa. And I think, you, yeah, you can be undocumented and be a victim and be covered on the U. Correct. What if I paid, so, so say I'm and an illegal citizen and I paid somebody $1,000 to beat the fuck out of me and I just walked into jail <laughs> and I was like, dude, give me a visa. Because there's like blood pouring out of my mouth and shit. You know. Does that work? Does that work? It, it could possibly work <laughs> so long as you're perfect. willing to <laughs> then speak to the police and, and follow reports against your friend who has beat your ass. But what if yeah. you what if he was wearing a mask? You would have to report that. Yeah. And then see. The, the other kicker is that the certification for the U visa has to be signed off by a law enforcement agency. So oh. that's why the police report yeah. kind of needs to exist and there needs to be a legitimate story there. Oh, but here's something fun if you don't want your friend <laughs> to go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. He could be a mental abuser. Uh oh. What yeah. do you mean? So she's dating a comedian? Victims of <laughs> mental or physical abuse. <laughs> Mental or physical, so people just make fun of them a bunch and then they get to stay? <laughs> You'd have to prove uh, mental abuse based on some sort of like subjective, reasonable person standard, I'm sure. One yeah. would imagine you would have to have doctor's uh, certifications right. to back that up. I've, right. not, I've not had a case where we've dealt with mental abuse. But this only works if you're not an illegal immigrant already. If you're an illegal immigrant and you get your ass kicked, they'll probably deport you, right? If no, you go to the is, police and say... No, this is this covering undocumented. Really? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. All right. But there is a cap. Pro tip. Um, the cap is about 10000 per fiscal year. Oh, so that's not even that much. They're maxing it out every year. Oh, how many immigrants and do you think And people are in actually in abusive situations, and they're just on hold. Their lives are on hold to get this visa because they've maxed out the cap. Oh, so they just still have to live with the person and keep getting abused and waiting to get the visa? No. <laughs> Where do you send them? It's like a, I, I a would shelter. imagine they would move out at that point. Yeah. You know, again, yeah. go toward the uh, the local authorities for the assistance on that. Dark. 
<laughs> Dark and weird. But what I'm already hearing is that there are there are a, a number of different ways in which you can gain legal access into this country. What are some of like the main pathways to citizenship for both incoming immigrants, right, and then also ones that are already here illegally? Okay. So for for both, you have um, family petitions and you have employment petitions. They're pretty much the ways to come into the country. Uh, what you find is a lot of people will come here in a, say a non-immigrant status like a, come for a visitor visa with a visitor under a visa visitor visa and then they overstay it uh, or someone may cross the border and then they're they're here so uh, that's a my whole, whole family <laughs> 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 that's a whole different situation so you know in terms of coming here um, but what if you ran across the border with an American flag and just stuck it in the ground? <laughs> like in oh, you like get, always? You like get <laughs> fucking style points. No, what was the name yeah. of that movie? Uh, far far, far and away. away. Yeah. And it's stuck in the ground. They're like, this land is mine. Like, okay. I think the Border Patrol perhaps appreciate that uh, right before writing you up. Oh, yeah. damn. Alaska's like far and away. You could do that out there. I'm yeah. sure they got Canadians running over there with flags taking over parts. They have no idea. <laughs> no idea. And there's a, so another interesting point, um, because you were talking about the law and, like, it can change. Um, some people will go get arrested, go into jail, and then they'll tell other prisoners about the new law that's changed and how they can get out. Melinda and I were talking about that. It's 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 an interesting approach. Yeah, uh, it's a approach. unique form of activism. I don't know anything about this. Yeah. It's... Um, a lot of the Dream Act kids are doing this. Dream right. Act? Dream Act? What is Dream Act? I don't know. I don't know what you said. <laughs> Treme? Is this a New Orleans town with good jazz? I like great music down there. Crawfish is so yes, good. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so it'd be a little different. It's the Dream Act. Oh, the Dream Act. Like it's wet dreams. dreams. Okay. Sueños. Sueños. Dreams. That's Spanish for dr- wet dreams. <laughs> um, but this is kind of an infiltration of local detention centers by nerdy college students students that are undocumented themselves where they are trying to get themselves basically detained and they're going into the detention centers in Alabama and Florida and then they're going um, from person to person giving them legal advice telling them call this number they will help you and passing out slips of paper with information and you how are they getting the paper in jail they uh <laughs> case in it uh, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> what kind of crimes do they commit to uh no they just turn themselves in turn themselves in right. oh because uh, they are illegal and they just right i got and you. then from there they have other 20-something undocumented college kids that are down with the cause and it's sad that this is, you know, people's best option if you're detained. That, the, you know, they don't qualify for a free public defender. They can't afford a lawyer. They don't know their own rights. So a bunch of college kids who are in the same boat as they are almost. So they can't get are giving public them Yeah, because, advice. listen, the, the government goes and makes rules, right? They're like, even any a reform movement, right? It's just the government saying, here are the new rules. But it takes someone, a citizen, right, or a non-citizen, to use those rules to their benefit if they want to gain any value from it, right? That's why you need a lawyer usually to help you. But these kids are saying, like, well, fucking Javier is not going to go find a fucking lawyer. I might just go get arrested and go tell my man over here that I've known for a while. I'm going to be like, hey, here's the things you do. Here's the person you should call. 
all. Here's here's the Lord you should go contact to help you through this. Damn. Yeah. Do you think they get raped in prison after they gave everybody help? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think the detention centers are that rough. I don't think, I think they're calmer, right? It's more of just like it, guys playing dominoes. It's a holding Correct. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, okay. it depends. It depends on where you are, whether it's a detention facility that's funded by immigration or whether they're, it's a county jail that they have spaces in. But for the most part, they will separate non-criminal immigrants from your crazy murderers and rapists and they just like lost that. a lot of street cred with amber just saying <laughs> Damn. so you're uh but, what what is it um so basically <laughs> just to continue with uh this storyline the way they get them out and they are currently saying they've are responsible for 40 to 60 people being released in this particular area that's wow. great which um let me get the name it was called and you might want to backtrack and explain what the broward who the transitional are. center is one of the... In Broward? Yeah. That's my town. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, Deerfield. But so they are helping them get media attention. They're giving people outside, family members, scripts to call politicians and ask that they intervene. They're getting local churches involved. They're counseling families. They're holding press conferences. They're calling Univision and Telemundo from inside the detention centers. And um, as soon as they get the media on the case of, oh, he's a sweet young man and he goes to church and he's a straight A student with his whole life ahead of him and he's as American as cherry pie, then they get released immediately. There's plenty of immigrants in Broward. I feel like that's a good place to go if you're an immigrant. Right. It's a lot of it's it's. I, I grew up down there. It's all Cuban. It's all Haitian, and it, it's you know it's loaded. You yeah. know, there's a it's 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 full of them. You know, it's, uh, you, you figure it's got to be easier down there than it is in like you know trying to like Kansas. Right, and then actually they saw immediate results because immigration customs enforcement ICE, mm-hmm. uh, the ICE man cometh. The staff um, brought in. Ice to review changes and you know opened up the system a what little is bit ICE? more. What's ice? Stand I- immigration for? Customs Enforcement. God, I was saying ISIS all day. <laughs> <laughs> I just, and, I really yeah. was. I was like, I hope ISIS doesn't show up. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Why do I keep saying that? I don't, <laughs> I don't hope they. Sh- I mean, I hope they don't show up. Really, honestly. I mean, I you never know with those guys. They're pretty rogue. I am How hard would it be for one of them to go through? Would you? Would, would you represent one of, a, a member of ISIS for the press? <laughs> Hello. Hello, Rosa. Rosa, let's be let's be clear. I want to become an American citizen. I would like to take down America piece by piece, social media profile by social media profile. Will you represent me? So, no. uh, so we have a lot. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Maybe you have a referral or something. Maybe you say you send me a friend's me. name. Maybe someone you don't like, and I'm fuck it. You know. <laughs> In the past, um, people were automatically deported. But now that ICE is opening up, they're getting reviewed in court. And that, you know, gives them a chance to tell their story. But that's interesting, though, because I I don't know the full details of that. But the DACA program that's available for the Dream Act kids is actually not a program that you get through court. It's actually something that goes through USCIS. So I don't really know... What so the I think just to quickly just give a quick context here, are we all on the same page about the Dream Act, right, and the kids, right? The let's break that. Right, this is pre-Dream Act. 
Oh, this is that makes sense. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is what this this was what was happening right before Trying Obama made an executive action oh, to okay. so put DACA into play, right. the tr- deferred action. The Dream Act was the bill um, that was presented in Congress that was supposed to give some sort of relief or rights to these children who basically have come to the United States as children. Some were obviously brought here by their parents or other mm-hmm. people. And uh, they grow up, and then all of a sudden they're trying to apply for college, and they realize, oh my God, I don't have any status. I can't get student loans. Life is very difficult. Uh, so the DREAM Act is supposed to be something to cover these kids and give them something because they've actually been in the country for pretty much their whole lives, going to college, working, and contributing yeah. to society. So since that failed uh, in the House, Obama, President Obama had uh, passed an executive order believe it was around 2013 uh, that said any kids, anyone who was here who entered before they were 16 had been here since 2007 uh, not uh, convicted of any serious crimes could get work authorization permission to be here but not given any legal status Uh, an update of that is that uh, President Obama just passed a second executive order that gives pretty much the same thing but allows these uh, uh, this to be available to people who have been here since 2010 instead of 2007 so mm. it's a shorter time and they get it for three years instead of two years so pretty much the same program but that's the deal about the dream act of yeah. what it is, is this or something? actually isn't <laughs> and so these are the kids w- w- before this whole more progressive approach happened right well, these are the kids that were going out and right. doing all this stuff in the prison to try to bring attention to it yeah. right. to get us to this point because the original dream act bill i think was 2001 and mm. then a lot of states responded and i'm proud to say new jersey my home state is one of them with their own state dream acts but imagine that, guys. 2001, they started this. Yeah. That's you're, you're it's, it's 2015 now, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Shit, shit, nothing's really happened. It's like the most incremental of change has happened in like 15 years. Jersey's immigration status motto yeah. is, uh, come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in. Come on in. Have a good time. <laughs> now, what's this? Uh, some about wet feet, dry feet? What is that? Is that, is that that's Ooh. not as horrible as it sounds, right? From Cuba, you wrote, you sent me in things you wanted to talk about, and uh, that sounded interesting. Oh, the wet foot, dry foot policy. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, it sounds incredibly racist. It's um, <laughs> on the news because since there's um, talks now with Cuba, mm-hmm. they're can't wait to go party down there. The uh, Cubans are pushing to get rid of that policy, uh-huh. um, and it's a policy that only a law that only is applicable to Cubans, not other immigrant groups uh, that might come into the country. But basically, if you're a bolsero, if you're a rafter coming in yeah. from Cuba, and you make it all the way to U.S. soil, and your foot is on the soil, <laughs> so you have a dry foot. You are allowed so to it's like stay. American gladiators? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's the eliminator to but get to America? It's a physical feat? <laughs> if you crazy. get caught 50 feet off the shore and you're still in the boat, still swimming in the water, and your feet are wet, you're not So it really is. Holy shit. You gotta, That's insane. You what if there's a sandbar? <laughs> you got to break the plane. That's such a good... Yeah, what if there's a little beach island? Oh, God. So Elian Gonzalez, if that happened today, he would have been able to go to stay here. Because he was shipped back, I right? was actually yeah. in Cuba that. for the summer that that happened. Really? Was, that was big news. How American. Was there. There uh, was that legal? Monster. <laughs> I wasn't there legally. No, no, no. I went through Jamaica. 
I paid five dollars to bribe them. Five dollars. Five dollars to get into Cuba. Yep. Deal. You should have gave him a ten. Yeah. <laughs> Just Cheap. to like be extra cool. Tip him out. <laughs> Man, so yeah, what about what's Alien Gonzalez up to these days? Does anyone know? I think no he's clothes. a reality television Dolphin star, training. right? <laughs> <laughs> What was that story that when he claimed the dolphin saved his life? What? Like that was the, he was stranded out there. The, I actually do believe that. Yeah, I, I mean, dolphins are you know they're very compassionate animals. You're yeah. on the. Can, would you mind looking that up real quick? Sure. Uh, Ilian Gonzalez. Like, Google Ilian Gonzalez dolphin. You know, uh, miracle. <laughs> <laughs> But Remember when Ilya Gonzalez came out of his house and he like pretended he was Jesus <laughs> and he was like he was like waving to all his like people like with like with, like a single closed like hand. Hola. <laughs> Man, that must have been a bad. I bet that immigration lawyer never worked again. Everybody wanted Ilya Gonzalez to stay. I know. And he still got kicked out. The whole country's like, let him stay. And I don't know how he just got sent back to Cuba. Damn. And they pulled him out of his house. He's all like crying and shit. And you're like, come on. Let him stay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he bothering? He's a good kid. Oh, wait, it wait. says um, Dolphin saved his life by helping him stay above water and he clung to his inner tube after the boat he was traveling on sink. Wow. Six Fucking years dolphins. old. And the do- man, they probably you know saved him from getting eaten by sharks and all that good stuff too. Yeah. Man, that's wild. What do you what do you what do you think uh do you, does it say what he's up to now? Oh where I don't are they know if now? This is a current article. God, that would be a great <laughs> Where are they now, Alien Gonzalez? <laughs> oh so good. VH1 special <laughs> Uh, behind the music. Do you think okay, he uses it go. to pick up girls at the club? <laughs> 15 years later. Ooh, he's good looking. <laughs> of course he's good looking. He's Jesus. <laughs> oh, he's sexy. Any oh, man that like... r- rides a dolphin to America is good looking. Okay. Let's, he looks like if Justin Bieber were a real man. It says he is studying industrial engineering at a university in his home province. Matanza. Man, I bet he was the golden child when he got back there. They must have taken care of him, all the spotlight. I, I don't mean, probably not, because I don't know what fucking happened to him. That was a, Oh, there was a massive... Amber, Amber's leaving. Massive Goodbye, protests. Goodbye, Amber. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. I've got to go back to my home country. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting immigrated out of here. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so uh, let me. Uh, I would like to talk about uh, some other ways because we have a lot of foreign listeners, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I'm sure a lot of them, or some of them at least, would like to come, you know, come to America at some point, work here for a little while just to experience it, or go to college. What are some of the steps they need to take in order to prepare to uh, coming over here and not having a hassle? For for those who are coming over here, I definitely would suggest that they, that they do so through legal means because the other thing that's changing is uh, enforcement priorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as they're opening the doors for a lot of these people who've been here for a long time and giving these work authorizations, uh, they're also tightening up the borders, making things harder, and making enforcement more of a priority for anybody who's come here after January 1st of 2014. It's so tight that she won't have a job in five years. <laughs> Once, <laughs> <laughs> Once all these DACA kids have their cases filed, yeah. she's out of work. There's not going to be any more no def- one else defenses. Is <laughs> yeah. Wow. Are there a lot of ways to get in the country, though? 
I mean, not I necessarily. You, you have to have, like, you know, a school to go to, a job to go to, or a right. family member to petition you. you there you go. So those are the big three things. If And someone, it's probably costly for an employer, right? You have to probably be some sort of highly skilled... And not displace an American worker. Exactly. So there's an entire process you go through. They have to get labor certification or certification from the Labor Department that says this, there are no Americans who want this job, which many Americans don't realize that. They just think people are just running on over and taking their jobs and calling it a day. But so there's that requirement. There's different categories for skilled versus unskilled workers. A big uh, there's a big push for science and technology people STEM to fields. come over. STEM fields. There you go. Science, um, technology, engineering, math. There you yeah. go. That's a all the things white people hate. All the things <laughs> Americans don't major. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but Germans love it. And the only thing my parents said that, ma- that mattered. Stem cell research. Yeah. No, no, like the STEM, the stuff, uh, science, technology. Yeah, um, and math, it's engineering. Yeah, so that's that's that. There's a big push for people to come um, in those areas. Uh, investors is another big one. There's investment visas. You oh, can this rich is interesting. Can always get so in. You can buy your way in. Yeah, the, 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 the oh, Chinese. Can you really? The Chinese are doing that. this right now in Louisiana. They're calling it the the Chinese Louisiana purchase, <laughs> <laughs> and they're purchasing huge swaths. If you invest over a five hundred thousand dollars or more, mm-hmm. you could get your own. You could like it's like getting instead of getting like bottle service at the club, <laughs> right? If yeah. you're like a Chinese baller, you could be like. Okay, I'm just going to buy a small portion of America. And then he's the worst it. Chinese accent. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was really trying to avoid even doing a Chinese accent. Oh, no, it's fine. It's good comedy radio. Oh, <laughs> I won't live a day in this radio station where we can't make fake Asian accents. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's so much fun. Uh, New Orleans. I like, I like the uh, the deep uh, the deep one more than. Oh yeah. yeah I like oh da, da, da. No, no. I like that one. I like, oh. You bring this big this <laughs> Yeah, that one. I like that guy. He's so intense. The warrior. The <laughs> <So> warrior. <laughs> but yeah, so these Chinese guys are coming here and they're buying parts of America. And the governor, Bobby Jindal in Louisiana, is just like waltzing right in with these Chinese dudes because they're bringing 500K, a million plus, into a state. And well, that's actually the law. They, they, it's written on the EB-5 visa uh, to obtain EB-5? a green card that you have to invest $1 million, or at least 500000 In it America? Needs, it needs to be a targeted... And you have to uh, make a certain where number of jobs, high too, right? High unemployment, right. rural area, and at least 10 jobs, which does not include yourself. Just look at 10 jobs. That's not bad. Or that's your immediate family. Deal. You cannot you give all the jobs to your family. Hey, it's yeah. great. It's, it's a wonderful thing. It's a problem, though, when another country is the one taking ownership. It's like risk. They're just like taking little pieces of our territory. China's a tough one to say but yes just to. Just to be but clear, I'm this is not just available for Chinese. Yeah, but they're yeah, yeah. but they got all the money right now. They're the ones that are like doing okay. it. Listen, I would love a bunch of Sicilians to come and make a fucking ton of fucking beautiful restaurants and, and vineyards. All right, but that's just not happening. We got Chinese coming and like clothing industrializing the southern part of the United States because it's been destroyed by natural disasters, and our federal government just has taken a back seat and trying to help these people. It's like Mad Max true, down true. there. 
Yeah. No law. So still in some parts right of the in, world. Eddie oh my god. It'd be a lot of fun for like a day. <laughs> then it's just like, oh I gotta I gotta get out of here. <laughs> this is great. I hear uh, Detroit's coming back. Detroit's definitely gonna have a comeback. I saw a commercial for it yesterday. They're like, We're fine, it's okay, we're gonna be all right. Come Aren't they back. still are they still in bankruptcy, guys? Anyone? I mean I think it's they horrible there, we know that. Maybe. Yeah. I mean it's still it's still rough, right? Oh, it's gotta be rough. I mean it was never great. No, you know, no, that's it was the never, thing. It was never wonderful. Well, I mean, we were not alive really when it when it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, the twenties, it was fine. <laughs> Everyone like it was a booming town. Like Baltimore too was a booming town yeah. in the twenties, and then uh, then it just uh, became uh, Baltimore. beautiful. Pittsburgh, it was right. Throw that in. Pittsburgh's there. on its way up. Yeah, it's, it's coming now. back. Yeah, Apparently, yeah. I keep reading articles about Pittsburgh where I grew up is a very cool and hip now. Yeah, and when I go back home, I I just am confused. I don't. Understand. The highest population increase in America is in Pittsburgh. Last yeah. Time. It's fucking strange as fuck. Yeah. I've actually, living in Philly, met people who moved from Pittsburgh to Philly and said, I'm going back. It's cooler there. That's oh, awesome. shit. What I, up, know, Philly? I'm happy. I'm happy for Pittsburgh. They yeah. deserve a day in the sun. Yeah. It's with, not going to happen, though. There's yeah, like they literally don't get town. the sun in Pittsburgh. It's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Weather's not nice to us there. So I can talk a little bit about the legal pathway as a student coming into the U.S. Yeah, how do you do that? Um, So my career, I advise F1 foreign students and J1 exchange visitors, which are postdocs, research scholars, coming into the university. And the way it works is first they go through the admissions process, and once they get accepted, then the second part of that process is to work with the International Center. And the International Center is going to collect certain documents from them. An I-20 application form, the I-20 is the actual name of the legal document that they have to bring to the embassy to request the visa. Okay. And um, they also have to give copies of their passport and any immigration-related documents and then financial evidence. Is there a limit to how many uh, uh, international students the school can take per year? No, uh, the more the Merrier because they're really? the, they're the cash cows that and are paying don't, full tuition. And people don't think that maybe you know they don't look at it as they're taking school away from Americans. No, they they uh, plug What's the that. difference there? Why does why do they not care about universities but they care about uh, jobs and stuff like it, that? It's paying used as a marketing tool, getting paid. <laughs> that we're a global campus and you know for their internationalization efforts. It's you can get a global perspective in the classroom because we have. You know, your classmates will be from all over the world and contribute to the conversation in your classes and have a unique perspective. Yeah, fucking mm-hmm. NYU is all up in this shit, yeah. right? NYU's got a campus in, in uh, Abu Dhabi or some yeah, shit yeah. like that. They're all <laughs> fucking, yeah, they do. Like, campuses. Yeah, fucking all over the place. And on like Boardwalk Park Place, wherever they want to do it, NYU is trying to go there <laughs> because they can fucking charge more <laughs> to their uh, kids or to the students when they come there and be like, oh, you can go fucking do a semester in fucking uh, Atlantis. Okay, we have a campus in Atlantis, right? And then fucking charge another fucking 50k to go teach, like, learn economics. You gotta take a year of scuba before you even exactly. get there. Exactly! <laughs> take mushrooms and go scuba diving for a fucking semester. 
I would have done that if someone. God, I, that, that was me. just. I, yeah, I would love that. <laughs> it's called semester at sea. Ah, there we the go. See what I mean? Yeah, there we go. Where do you get mushrooms in the ocean? I guess you got to bring them with you. Yeah, yeah. The uh, so with this the show we're the brighter side. That we got we're looking at the brighter side. It's always good to give uh, lots plenty of information. But I would like to hear um, some recent success stories uh, through immigration people that had to fight to get in this country. Do you have any? Um, you don't have to name people by name, but do you have any recent stories of being a immigration lawyer where uh, something you know something nice happened recently that kind of like made you want to keep doing your job I mean I have a bunch of them honestly um, yeah. I'd say are you a winner you win a lot yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no I mean you know every time I win a case I'm, I'm very excited I mean it's just something you don't experience in other areas how happy your client is I mean and how much it means but I'd say um, I've had I remember a political asylum case that I had uh, for a woman here in New York, actually. She was a, a Chinese woman who had come here on a boat, and she had sat on that boat for I don't know how long, like a month. At least. And she, whenever she talked about her actual entry and that experience, she would well up in tears, and it was very difficult for her to talk about. And she told me she actually almost got raped on the boat, um, and that there was another gentleman there who had kind of saved her. And she was here for quite some time. She ended up applying for political asylum based on her uh, religious, she, based on both, both religion and politics. She was a member of a democracy party and also a Christian, which, you know, uh, both are not allowed in China. So she ended up winning. What her is though? I mean, come on. <laughs> she had two parts that were that were so beautiful in her story. One was that the guy who helped her on the boat, she ended up running into him on the streets in New York, and they ended wow. up getting married. Wow! Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah like that's beautiful. Stop the show. End the show. <laughs> I'm just gonna cry right End now. The show. I was crying in the mic for about ten minutes. And they were such a cute couple, such a cute, like a stylish New York couple. Ooh. Like they were just really cool, really cute. And I was like, wow, really? Like I made a movie. I made her give me details. Like I was like, are you telling me the truth? Yeah, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> Where'd they meet? Where'd they find each other? They they found each other somewhere downtown Chinatown. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. trying to get a bad watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get an ID. <laughs> For me, the stories that are heartfelt. But wait, the other oh. happy part was that she was granted asylum. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they had a few kids, and so the whole family was intact and here and good to go. Jeez. That's awesome. Sounds so white. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. You're allowed to say it, I can't. Um, for me, working with the student population, the students that are coming in from war-torn countries where the war is happening as we speak, yeah. th that's the most traumatic um, and most emotional for me because it feels like life or death. And I've brought in a um, Libyan family at my former job and I was able to get them out of a refugee camp. His wife and children were in um, Libya and they had crossed into Tunisia to stay at the camp for yeah. safety and she was his dependent and mm -hmm. we got the whole family united. They came into the office and the kids very shyly came up and kissed me on the hand. It oh was beautiful. My God. That's amazing, Melinda. And then um, at my current employer, I think getting um, a young lady from Syria and her new husband over 
That's that was just awesome. recently? Just very recently. Yeah. It's, so, it's so terrible in Syria right now, too. Yeah, so terrible. I wish I could get 10 more, but most people can't afford it, and we don't... You know, it's it's a, a common myth that there's these full scholarships to be awarded when really there's partial scholarships out there for international students. Yeah, because they want them to pay the money. Very few full. You have to show a lot of financial evidence from your sponsor to be able to come over, and that's a hefty amount when you have to show $35,000. And we're an affordable school. Some schools, you know, yeah. you have to show 50, 60. And that's going to include tuition fees, um, boarding and... Room and board. Yeah. Meal plan. Miscellaneous expenses tacked on. Books. Books, exactly. All kinds of shit. Yeah, yeah. So we add up that estimate. And we ask every student to show it. Now, what's the policy about like uh, who we war with right now? Afghanistan, Iraq. Who we who take we your pick, buddy. Pretty much everybody. <laughs> no, we're pulling out. We it's pulled war out. On terror. We pulled out though. And about, uh, what about what? Well, so shit. <laughs> the Middle East one. is pregnant with a hundred of our babies. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. That's a brighter side, I guess. You know, everyone's just having a good time. The. Uh, the, uh, so what's the policy about uh, trying to get someone in from a country that we're currently at war with? What's Is there any kind of hope for these people? Like, Not that we have any Iraqi listeners, or I think they're <laughs> even allowed to listen, but, you know. I mean, us being at war with someone is not, uh, in and of itself, uh, a difference. It would depend on the situation there, whether whether we were giving political asylum uh, mm-hmm. to, the, to certain people based on what's going on in their countries. Um, or else there's also temporary protective status that's given to people from countries that are either at civil war or even have like you know hurricanes that sort of thing um, yeah yeah Do we there's help out like there's Thailand like, and Japan what's that do we help out Ch- Thailand and Japan you don't know no, no. <laughs> but, I mean yeah there's like a, a there's like a refugee avenue that some right. people can have but I mean if we're at war what's it I think what's interesting about the immigration laws is that it's the same for the Canadian and it's the same for the person in like some much more terrible country that they're coming from right oh okay well that's good it should be fair exactly and that's the kind of that's one of the good things but also uh, it cuts both ways yeah, yeah. not necessarily because Canadians uh, a lot of times waved through the border uh, they're I've never seen a Canadian in deportation proceedings. Right, Ever. right, right. Never. Are there a lot of Canadians that are just like running over here though? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I mean, they're just like coming and then they'll just like hang out and stay. Like they just don't care. They kind blend. Of they blend. Yeah. yeah. Right. They just don't give a fuck. They're stealthy. <laughs> I bet we could do that over there how, too. Guys, how are they so stealthy? It's weird. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, like, you know, I, I get that. You know, you got your buddy who gets, you know, he's like, ah, no, nah, he doesn't pay. You know, like, he's like, he's on my tab. It's fine. <laughs> the Canadians, the Canadians are our neighbors that we allow on our tab. The yeah, Mexicans yeah. are our neighbors not so much allowed well, in the backyard. Well, I, I, I would beg to say that maybe we used to let them and maybe uh, they're not, you know, given as many privileges before because of uh, a couple bad eggs. Okay. I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard plenty more, you know, bad stuff. I never hear about a Canadian doing anything wrong. How many murders in Canada last year? No, they Six? just said, well, you know, they just had this big, <laughs> well, there was this big attack on one of the capitals in Canada, right? I think. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. right. Right? And then they were like, I remember watching the covers. They were like, this has quintupled the murder rate in Canada for the year. It's like, oh, oh my God. God. It's like pretty typical. Spiked. Yeah. The thing is, though, the Mexicans get a bad rap because of the border situation. You know, yes, you have the drugs and stuff that are being smuggled across the border, but yeah. the majority of Mexicans here, non-criminals. I actually right. did a research project when I was an intern at immigration. Mm-hmm. 
to see what crimes were related to what countries. Yeah. And the Mexicans had probably like 5% of, of actual criminal charges. The Man, rest of them were just straight illegal. I worked with all Mexicans because uh, I was a chef for so long. Uh, and I, you know, I'd always, I didn't care if they were illegal. I'd always let them, you know, work there. I was like, I was like, get me an ID. Just any ID. Give me someone's ID. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they'd come back and, you know, sometimes I'd even, I had a couple situations where you're like, you know, you you gotta, you gotta pay them in cash, you know, whatever. Right. But, you know, it's, uh, they're just great people. They're just like you know, hard workers, salt you know, of pa- the earth, passionate, you know, and it's just you know want to do a good job and like and honestly, and if they if someone they bring in doesn't do well, they're the first one to tell you to fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think this is the thing that I think as a country we have to remember, right? It's that these are people that really want to be here. Yeah, they want to be here. They have risked their freedom. They have risked their lives. They risked their family uh, relationships yeah. to be in this country. They all got kids back home. They're sending more than half of their paycheck. It's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, and that border trip is not an easy one. No a trip across the border. I don't, wow. I don't about Ign- my buddy Ignacio. He told me he strapped himself to a car engine. Wow, under or the usually hood. Usually, the tops of trains. It's or insane. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, did you truck. find how many people were murdered in Canada? That <laughs> <laughs> was like one and a half. <laughs> Some guys still just like walk around like, "Hey, does anyone know I got shot?" If I'm I dead, I'm <laughs> almost dead. Not quite. I so, bet the everyone's so polite in Canada. I bet even like the ghosts are polite. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> So my ex-husband crossed the border, the land border, legally because mm-hmm. he was coming in on a K-1 fiancé visa, yeah. which means you have to marry a U.S. citizen within 90 days after you cross. Mm-hmm. And he had all his paperwork in order. But um, he was so traumatized by the experience that when I finally got him, he didn't speak for three days. Really? It was very scary for they me. They just totally he, ran him through the fucking gauntlet? He was roughed up. He was asked for bribes by not only local cops, but federal cops. and American? No, oh, yeah. all through Mexico. Oh, he, Mexico. Went, he went to a dirty medical inspector on the U.S. border because it was mandatory that he went through some kind of medical inspection, and he mm-hmm. felt extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, that's so, just the prostate exam. Go. I don't know if that was the type <laughs> of, That's just comfortable, uncomfortable for everybody. It's good to get checked out. You got to do it. Look. It's a cancerous area. You could get something. They gotta, you got to check that. You can't be coming in here with a little prostate cancer. Get a little tickle. It'll be fine. Milk it. Milk it. <laughs> he didn't even want to come after all that. Yeah, he, he did. He Tell mostly, me about it. <laughs> he mostly dated Canadians. I was the American <laughs> Consolation Prize. I rest my case. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dated a lot of Canadians? Yeah, but before me, he was always with Canadian girls. He thinks Canada's far superior. Well, I, mean, I was over in Canada and I was talking to some people, and they're like, "Your president wants to give you health care, and you don't want it." <laughs> <laughs> Just like laughing. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, um, I, I would like to, I, and um, what what is a. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to think about how do I how do I say this properly uh, without sounding like a jerk. Uh, what's a good way for uh, uh, some of these people from countries that have a bad rap, you know, that have uh, racial stigmas behind them, like Haiti and Cuba? What are and that are that are run through the gauntlet? You know, what is some good advice for these people? Just put your head down and go through it, or 
maybe even try another try another avenue is there is there certain parts of the country that are easier to get through or like kinder to you like if you go through maine is it nicer you know i don't know like well on the student front if i'm working with students for example from west africa mm-hmm. very poor countries i see denials for the visa across the board and sometimes they even have a relative who's a faculty member at the university who's sponsoring them and I still can't get them through because um, basically you have to show compelling ties to your home country and if you get a degree at a American university and there's no jobs back home then why would you go back home so yeah. for that reason alone they just deny everyone across the board Oh. Yeah, so it's it's not even so much about at what port do you come into. It's about what's happening at home uh, at the consular's office where you're being denied a visa. Yeah. Certain so countries. no Somalians are allowed to come be an architect, basically. <laughs> now, if they, if that Somali art school, art school, if that Somalian ha- had like more money and they could afford a, a better attorney or or more attorney hours, rather. Do you think that would make a difference, or is it just kind of like they're they're fucked? I have no control over it because it's the embassy's decision. I basically issue an I twenty from the university saying you have my blessing, and then they take my blessing to the embassy and they decide hey or nay. What kind of people do you personally deny? Um, people who have uh, financial evidence that does not meet our criteria. Oh, just people who can't afford it. Well, if you keep showing me things that are stocks, uh, mutual funds, investments, I'm going to say no. I need to see readily available funds. So that's going to be bank bank statements, Mm -hmm. checking or savings only, and um, a letter from their employer, and then a affidavit of support. Mm. Okay. And what about you? What kind of people would you not represent other than ISIS? <laughs> <laughs> Which I am still holding up hope. <laughs> <laughs> like a 2% hope. We talk after. It's okay. <laughs> I'm a firm believer in providing representation to anybody who needs it for the most part. Yeah. Um, I mean, luckily, I, I have my choices since I work for myself. But mm-hmm. um, You but do no, pro bono I, stuff? Uh, I... I'm always doing things for good prices and yeah. sometimes for very little, so I'll call that pro bono. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you buy me tacos. <laughs> but no, I mean, I definitely give free consultations and try to suss out the situation before anything to see if it's even worth it uh, for the person to, to hire me. Um, but I mean, in terms of, I deal a lot more with people already here. Like you're asking a lot about people who are like there coming right, over. Right. For the most part, I'm the one who's dealing with them once they're here and they have problems. Yeah. Um, the ones coming over, I think, as Melinda said, the biggest the, the biggest thing is to be able to show your ties to your home country, uh, money available to you. The government wants to know you're not going to come here and then try to get on the you know the the, the government's dime, even though you can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that sort of thing. So, um, but no, I'd represent for the most part pretty much anyone um and what about is there like a certain amount of time is can you like if say you like she's like i've been in america for 10 years i'm I'm an american you know like you know does that exist or no no and that's actually what this this whole uh the executive action executive orders that have been taking place are about there are people who have been here for 20 years 10 years they have children their children are in school um, they've been working, they've never committed crimes, and yet they just don't have a pathway. They don't have a relative who can petition them. Uh, they're already illegal, so any job petition is not going to work. Those yeah. are the people who need help. Those are the people that I think society is starting to recognize. 
well, they kind of stand on their own merit, so maybe we should give them something for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what if they didn't come in on a visa? You know, I've, I've had people be emphatic about the fact that they've broken the law, they've broken the law, and I'm like, they, they violated administrative law. It's mm-hmm. kind of like if I, um, you know, run through a red light, I'm going to get a ticket, a violation. I'm not... I haven't committed a huge crime. I'm not going to jail and I'm going to be forgiven. You know, if I'm driving yeah. without a license, I'm going to be given the opportunity to actually get that license. So if you're, if you've broken an administrative law and you're here illegally, why not be given the opportunity to get that paper, get yeah. that document that you need to make yourself legal? So um, that's what this program for the students are. And now there's also one called DAPA, mm-hmm. uh, which is a deferred action for parents. And that's a, a, par- a parents of a U.S. citizen or a green card holder who's been here for the past five years. They've committed no crimes. They're going to be allowed to have work authorization and defer deportation and be able to stay here. Felons, not families. Yeah. Felons, not family. No, families, not felons. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we're not Australia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Families, not felons. Oops. <laughs> I didn't go to law school. That's, I agreed with you. Yeah. That's the worst part. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I, yeah of course, felons, yeah. No Eddie, felons. Eddie would like to build up a small militia of short order cooks from Mexico. I, I thought about it. That's for damn sure. <laughs> but that's the closest we have now for somebody who's just been here for a long time and worked hard. Um, it is It is not a green card. It is not residence. It mm-hmm. is not citizenship. A lot of Americans are under the false impression that they're getting a whole lot just given to them uh, when in reality they're given a right to pay taxes yeah. and to be here. So pretty much everything they've been doing except they get to pay taxes, uh, which, is, which is good, good for us. Um, but it's not like we're handing them candy yeah. and, and that's it. Uh, we're running out of time and there's one question I really wanted to ask you guys before we get out of here and that's why do you do it why have you dedicated your life uh, you know obviously uh, one job is as good as another and that's not a good reason you know but like why do you care so much about immigration and getting people into this country and uh, what what should people take home that maybe you know if there's someone out there that's made it through this far of the podcast that maybe is a little racist and doesn't want immigration to be a part of this country uh, what, what, what good does immigrants do for America in your professional opinion both of you if you don't mind um, well, here's a funny one. When I lived in Mexico on study abroad on a student visa, it actually ran out and I was living illegally. So my nickname was La Gringa Mojada, which means the gringo wetback. Nice. <laughs> and <laughs> I was even... You earned your stripes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was working illegally from the day I arrived in that country because you're not allowed to work on a student visa. But I fell in love and mm-hmm. you know wanted to stay so you know that was kind of my personal so you, story so I, you were one and so now you yeah. want to fight for people to be uh, yeah, like to true empathy country. with what these people are going certainly through. and true frustration with being overseas and not being allowed to work and not getting financial aid and <laughs> yeah I mean if you're stranded if you get stranded in another country you should be able to work hard enough to get out yeah. You know, for some reason, I go to Greece and get everything stolen from me. Nothing against those people. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> But if I go there, there... Go half our listeners, Eddie. <laughs> you know, and yeah, I should be able to, you know, work to earn some money to, you know, live and get out of there. Or, like, stay if yeah. it's, you know, if, if it makes... My, my ex-husband even played a practical joke on me at one point where yeah. I, was, I was working illegally as a dancer. I was uh-huh. uh, with a dance team 
that I met through the university, two guys, two girls. And I was uh, performing on stage, and then two police officers came in and dragged me off stage. Whoa! Dragged me out to the street, and what I was a great show. screaming and freaking oh out. Oh my god! And then they all appeared, him and his friends, his buddies, and then everyone broke into laughter. Uh, it was just a joke. Oh. Just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit. What a great bit. Ha ha. It is kind Mexican of funny. Mexican jokes. It is. I mean, you know, <laughs> party har har. Cheese day, cheese day. It's always like Pablo is dead. No, I'm just no, kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Rosa? Um, I think for me, uh, you know, when it comes to the practice of law, anything that involves uh, people's liberties and freedoms and uh, things like that is what I just feel passionate about. I mean, I do practice some criminal defense as well. It mm-hmm. just it just does it for me more than something like corporate law. Um, and I think on a personal note, uh, I think I'm the poster child for <laughs> immigrants. I mean, my parents came here. Uh, as immigrants, they worked in factories. Um, they had less than a high school education. Their entire goal was to get us educated. You have no idea the stress it is to be the child of an immigrant. He knows. You he know, went to right? law school. He's yeah. a lawyer. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> I had to just do it. I just had to just crank one out. Right. You can now you're be. a dropout? What's that? Now you're a dropout. No, he, yeah, he got the bar and everything. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can hire him if it. you want him. <laughs> yeah, you can hire him. I mean, no, it's hiring him, but <laughs> yeah. you know, he's technically a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it is a lot of stress. Long as mom can say that at parties with her friends. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> you're not allowed to, to be a failure. You're just not allowed. There's too much riding on it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and so what came of my parents' immigration were three children, all with degrees, all with jobs. My brother and sister have beautiful kids. I mean... You know, we You have we beautiful are, cats. I have beautiful cats. <laughs> you see that? Immigrants take our pets. That's great. This is our homeless cats if it wasn't for your immigrant family. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's that's the story I think of every immigrant. You know, they work hard and they make the, the, the next generation be even better. And every immigrant I've ever worked with, all right, fine. Most immigrants, I, I'm going to say 95% of them that I've ever worked with have been nice and polite and hardworking and thankful for anything that they've been able to have. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that uh, it, just like everybody says, America is made of immigrants, right? And so uh, that is in fact true and we need to just allow that to be the case and, and respect and appreciate it. I, it's like, I, I, it, it drives me nuts that it's a, in a place that we are now that it's something where people aren't just letting people into the country. But look, we've we waited 15 years, and now things are actually moving in a direction. And it, you know, it, it's taken a president to do executive orders to, to make it happen. But at least the ball is rolling, and I think the momentum is going to shift. Mm-hmm. State by state, the whole country is kind of shifting emotionally mm-hmm. about this issue. And I think that helps your jobs, both of you, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. in the course of all this, because the public sentiment is more in favor of allowing some reasonable human beings into this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, in terms of, you know, the brighter side, this these executive orders are not giving status, like I said, and for many people who are pro-immigration, that's a big disappointer. It's a bummer. You know, we want people to actually have permanent status. However, the brighter side is it's, it's something, and it's good. Yeah. It allows 
uh, someone to drive down the street and have a valid driver's license instead of having to be pulled over and locked up because they don't have it. It allows people to work legally. After um, they did a four-year degree, where before you did a four-year degree and you went right back to cleaning houses. Right. Because yeah. you exactly. couldn't get that employment authorization card. Right. And uh. so it, it really does allow people to live uh, a little bit better and to actually participate and they want to participate. I have These had, are people who want to be American more than Americans. Yeah. I mean, I have seen immigrants who have no status whatsoever and they are paying their taxes just with the hopes that it might get them somewhere in the future. Right. I'm like, you realize it's not going to give you anything. It's not going to benefit you. No, but you know, maybe, maybe it'll look good. It'll look good. And it, you know, it does. But the point is, is that even if they don't have to, they're doing that because they really want to participate that badly. That's mm. beautiful. All right. Great. I think I'm I think we're gonna call it. That's great. Hell yeah, this has been the brighter side. Thank you so much. And uh how do people if someone wants to uh to find you on the internet, do you have a website? Uh how do people find your office if they want you to represent you? Yeah, uh my office is located in Philadelphia. Our website is www.bohoric.com. I could be reached via email, which is Rosa at Bohoric B is in boy A H U R I A K dot com. We do free consultations um, for people basically all over. I've had cases from well, Philadelphia not, to New York. Well, it's not all over. <laughs> <laughs> let's not. Let's be honest, Mr. Turner. Okay? Except for that guy. <laughs> sad and alone. <laughs> oh, man. That's such a nice guy. It's, uh, it makes you, 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 do, you play him very sympathetic, your ISIS character. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a very sweet I just ISIS. played Member. The heart. <laughs> Nicest. <laughs> Nicest. <laughs> and uh, Melinda, is there anything you want to plug? You got you got any good uh, you got any uh, dance shows coming up or anything? I'm not plugging dance shows. <laughs> oh come on! Someone might go looking for a cool date thing to do. No, no. <laughs> Melinda's a very talented dancer, and I've seen her dance before, and, yes. I, and I can't wait to go again. He suffered through my shows. I did not suffer through your shows. I enjoy it. <laughs> I love it. You suffered through my shows. And thank you, ladies, so much for traveling up here from Philadelphia. That's really fucking cool of you to no do that problem. for me. No problem. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's, uh, and that is uh, Cena John, always uh, at SJ Good. At SJ Good. Check out my site, Cena.me. It'll be up when this uh, show airs, definitely. And check out Let's Dance, my dance show. Uh, <laughs> where uh, I'm a comedian learning the world's dance forms. Because I do love so to dance. So what's going on with that? Bachata? Do you like bachata? I like it all. We're, I bo- like we're it. both dancers. Yeah, I mean, I love to dance. I'm not. I'm like the guy at the bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah or benai mitzvah. They're twins. That's like, that guy knows how to dance. Or like at the wedding, they're like, that guy. But they're like, really though, I don't know how to dance. And that's what I do. And I want to learn culturally all these dance forms. There's so many in the world that are so fun and I like to make jokes and dance. So if immigration was easier for you yeah. even in other countries you can learn better. Are we dance. doing a dance podcast? <laughs> we could I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, why, don't we you just, know. why don't we just do a dance off at the end of the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. And uh, Amber was here earlier she had to leave because she's uh, she's got a lot of shows. At it's, Amber Smelson. And uh, I'm at Larson. I changed my shit. I'm, oh. at, I'm at Eddie Tunes underscore now. <laughs> and uh, At Eddie Tunes and then an underscore Score? Yeah, because someone, someone had under, someone had Eddie Tunes. Really? You know? Yeah, you believe that? That's what they're ridiculous. It was Let's probably you Eddie ten tunes. years yeah. ago, and you forgot. Oh, whatever. And uh, <laughs> Sam Stubbs' words and Melinda. What's the song we're listening to? Taking us out. Um, it's Frijolero, uh, and it's a Mexican 
band that is kind of edgy and cool. What are they, what are this they? is Frito-Lay. By who? Mexican. Molotov. <laughs> By Molotov, like the cocktail. Molotov. Yes. Awesome, beautiful. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to The Brighter Side. And you know what? If you know an immigrant that you like, be good to them. Help them out. Try to figure out how to get them to stake around in this country. Talk them into it. Because you know what? America needs more good people, some honest human beings that will help take care of this great land that we love so much. All right, everyone. Have a good night. And uh, I love you. Goodbye. Opa, opa. No, opa, not opa. <laughs> <laughs>